0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Justin Grant. As always, please remember to take a minute to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen to quality podcasts.
1: And rate and review us on iTunes.
0: Those reviews really help spread the word about the show and help us grow our community now. We talk a lot about asking questions and learning about our seafood on this show.
1: Ask the questions. You know, making informed choices.
2: Ask where your seafood comes from. Being more inquisitive about your food is the best possible trend that we could have at this point in time because the producers are more aware of what consumers want to know about their food. They're more aware that we want to know the story of where our food is coming from. We want to know how it's produced, where it's produced, who is producing it, and Because they know that about us, they're then serving it to us. And the more we ask for it, the more they will give to us.
0: In this episode, we're talking about some seafood basics. And hopefully after listening, you'll have a good idea of what kinds of questions you should be asking, why, and how to make informed decisions while buying your food. The experts
1: you'll hear from in this episode include...
3: Molly Jakes. I am the Supply Chain Transparency Manager uh, for the BAP program and just... A general member of the business development team. Jack of all trades, a little bit of everything. Sherry Clark,
2: registered dietitian and BAP brand manager.
0: So with that, let's talk about seafood.
2: Welcome to the Aquademia Podcast.
0: Academia has listeners from different countries all over the world. These countries all have their own unique cultures, traditions, and
1: perceptions of society, religion, and, of course, food. A lot of them include many types of seafood as a large part or even a primary part of their regular diets, where others considered it to be an addition to their diet, something you have during special occasions or even something to be avoided. They consider seafood to be, as Sesame Street would call it,
2: a sometimes food. 1 in 10 Americans are not consuming the recommended intake for seafood. The recommendation from a variety of different health organizations is twice a week, and the serving size of 3.5 to 4 ounces per serving, which, if you're not familiar with what an ounce looks like, um, that's about a deck of cards.
1: But the question is, why? Why?
2: Some of the top reasons why people tend to not like seafood would be cost and flavor. And then they're just unknown about how to prepare it. What do
3: I do with it? A typical consumer, as you said, they're nervous. Seafood can be more expensive than other proteins. It often is. And so they're afraid to spend a little bit more money on this thing that they're not really sure how to cook. Um, And I think that's why you see a lot now there are a lot of prepared foods, seafoods that are in fresh cases um, or freezer cases at grocery stores now because they're trying to simplify for the consumer because it can, you know, you might invest a little bit more, but you're still getting, you're getting a really great protein.
0: Let me back up and tell you a story. I grew up in southern New Hampshire, USA, in a very small town. My mom was a fantastic cook and made us a lot of different delicious meals, but seafood was a total rarity. We would occasionally have fish steaks or frozen battered fillets, but other than that, most of the seafood we had came in the form of fried fish and chips from a takeout restaurant, shrimp cocktail, or the occasional lobster during vacations. It just wasn't a big part of our regular diet. Because of this, I developed a dislike for seafood in general. I didn't like the smell of seafood restaurants, and I always felt like it would make me sick. No reason for that, it was just how I felt. I studied aquaculture and fishery technology in college, so naturally, I started trying different seafoods that I never in my earlier life thought I would ever be eating. All different types of shellfish, crustaceans, finfish, seaweeds, snails, vertebrates, invertebrates, you name it. Some of it gave me the exact reaction I expected in my earlier life. But some were a huge surprise, and I learned that saying that I don't like seafood is kind of crazy
2: to say that you don't like something without giving different things a try. As you said, one's exposed to more information and encouragement. I think we have information at our fingertips. We have a huge variety of options to choose. So I think I would discourage people from saying that you don't like it, but to try something new. You might try something, might not like it, try it again in another month or so. And you think about vegetables. You might not like all vegetables, but you want to try them different ways and try different preparation methods.
0: It's like only ever having had apples and oranges and saying that you straight up just don't like fruit. That's crazy. Seriously, have you ever tried dragon fruit? It'll change your life, I promise. But what I'm getting at with this story is that seafood can't be compared to the other foods that we consume in the way that we're doing it. Usually you'll hear beef, chicken, pork, seafood, when it should be beef, chicken, pork, salmon, tuna, swordfish, tilapia, mussels, pollock, catfish, shrimp, scallops, sea What I'm getting at is I didn't start eating seafood until I learned more about it.
2: Just get some variety and try not to eat the same thing every time because you might discover you, you like something that you might not have ever guessed.
1: This is the biggest obstacle with cultures that look at seafood as a sometimes food.
2: And you just got to experiment.
3: I mean, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. So I've been in seafood since 2002 and one of the things, species that I always hated, always, salmon. It was just one of those things, it was really strong. It was too much for me. I tried it every time, tried it all different ways, and I just couldn't get behind salmon. But it was four years ago. I went to an event that was part of the Boston Seafood Show, and it was a a salmon company was, they were running an offsite dinner, and they had a chef there, he served up their salmon that they had, and he had this kind of a fruity, sort of chutney marinade situation going on. And I had a bite of that, and I said, I don't know what it was about it, I kept trying everything, but I tried it and I was like, you know what, this is actually really good. And so I went home, like three days later, I picked up all the ingredients that I could remember from what he prepared because he prepared it in front of the group and so I got all the ingredients and I made it I made it for myself and for my family and I that was my first step towards so now we that's one of the things that we eat the most in our house both my kids love salmon so you know when you think about all those years I kept trying it hated it hated it hated it. it finally just just randomly it was like the right recipe the right flavor profile and for me the biggest thing was removing all the brown meat because that is where the really strong, where the oils really are held. So so for me, I mean, it's the cleanest salmon portion you'll ever find that gets served at my table, but, that, but I eat it, and, I, and we love it. And so that's, it's trial and error, and, that, and that's really hard because consumers, everyone today just wants, they want something quickly, and they want to know they're going to like it.
2: But I think some of the other reasons why people tend to steer away from seafood is social media. Negative press on social media. There's a lot of myths out there that when you don't have a credible source to try to clear up the myth and the misconceptions, it tends to just scare scare you away from the category altogether.
1: The one thing that comes up in literally every episode of this show and in every interview we have is education when it comes to seafood. People don't know what's going on in the industry. They don't know where their fish came from. They don't realize how different these species are in texture and flavor. They don't know how to make good choices. That means that there's just too many questions. So when they're shopping, they default to old faithful, whether that's boneless chicken breast, a pork roast, or pound of ground beef. How can we arm ourselves with the knowledge we need to make good choices? Honestly, once you open up to trying all that the ocean, streams, and lakes have to offer, you'll be amazed at the variety of flavors, colors, and textures that are out there.
2: thing I like about talking to people about seafood is there's so many things that we discourage people from consuming. You want to take this out of your diet. Um, You can't have this. We want to eat less sugar. We want to eat, you know, exercise more. But with seafood, it's something we want to talk about. Okay, we want to get more of this. How can we incorporate it twice a week? As I mentioned, the 1 in 10 Americans are not meeting the the recommended intake and they're missing out on the health benefits of seafood. The one thing um, that can be found in seafood that isn't found in all foods is omega-3 fatty acids. And omega-3 fatty acids are essential fatty acids that are required for human health and development. And these compounds cannot be produced by the human body and are required to be obtained through the diet. So foods, or seafood in particular, that are highest in omega-3 fatty acids include salmon, herring, mackerel, and sardines. Salmon's the most common. It's one of the top three consumed species um, in the United States. So that is one that's probably the easiest to get in your diet when you're looking at getting more omega-3 fatty acids. So the other things that you can get in seafood, which are not unique to seafood, but certainly benefits that we need to keep in mind, are there's six essential nutrients in food, three of them found in seafood. The first being protein, second vitamins, and third minerals. And more specifically, these type of vitamins and minerals you can find in seafood include B vitamins, vitamin D is essential for bone development, and vitamin A is healthy for vision and healthy skin. are most prevalent in their fattier species like I just mentioned that also contain the omega-3 fatty acids. There's also selenium, and this is something that not many people have heard too much about, but it's important to remember because selenium is actually a mineral, and it's helpful for the brain and nervous system, but it also binds to mercury, so that's one of the things that People seem to be fearful of when they think about seafood is, is a high mercury content. When you think about mercury, it tends to be the predatory fish like shark, tilefish, swordfish, king mackerel, or big eye tuna. Canned tuna is safe, so we don't have to worry about mercury content of, of canned tuna. But when you do consume some seafood that does have mercury, the selenium can kind of counteract those benefits by binding to it. And 17 of the 25 top sources of selenium are actually seafood. So, it's a good thing to include and keep in mind if, you know, you are to consume some high mercury seafood choices, you can certainly balance it out with some high selenium options.
0: Okay, this episode has homework. We're going to challenge you to go to your grocery store, fish market, fishing docks, or anywhere you can get seafood and get something that you've
1: never tried before. See what's available, find a recipe that sounds delicious or interesting to you, and give it a shot. Then send us a message and tell us what you thought. Was it amazing and eye-opening? Was it disgusting and something you'll never eat again as long as you live? We want to hear about your experience.
2: Find something you like. Maybe surprise yourself and enjoy it.
1: <laughs> Email us your experience at podcast at aquaculturealliance.org and we'll share some of those unique experiences on the show. Remember, if you want access to the full interviews
0: with our experts as well as education courses, videos, newsletters, go to www.aquaculturealliance.org and become a member. If you love seafood and want to learn more about it, remember to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: And rate and review the show on iTunes.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone.